subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, Tommy was asking for pictures earlier on the McCarty Daniel hotline of people in the deer stand. Brett is listening in Missouri this morning. Just sent a picture of his uh, his view this morning. I would guess yeah. there's going to be a good chunk of people listening to you tomorrow at the game still out on the deer stand. Yeah, probably so. You know, tomorrow night's a little bit different with it being a night game. I always liked an 11 a.m. game. On the first day of modern gun season. You know, you knew, uh, of course, you know, this was back before you watched the game on the telephone. We'd always say right before <laughs> we went on, hey, biggest audience of the year, don't screw it up. <laughs> well, it uh, should be a, a, get a good radio audience this weekend. And, and we will talk more about the game coming up. But I, I found it interesting. I was listening to you talk with Coach Pittman about this Wednesday night and him address it on Wednesday in the press conference. So senior day has changed, not just in college football, but in, in various sports. It used to be you walk, you're never playing at the university again. It's not necessarily the case anymore with how COVID and redshirt and various things have changed. Here's what Coach said in regards to what senior day could look like next week in Donald W. Reynolds Rageback Stadium. It's really changed because if you're in the COVID year, I mean, you could get whatever we give them out there. You could do it twice. Before I was nervous, you know, well, he's walking out there on senior night, so there's no way that we can get him back and all that kind of stuff. And that's not really true. You go in on Monday, you have a conversation with them, you show them their draft grade, things of that nature. And and then you have a a man-to-man conversation about what they want to do with their future. So the guys that walk on next Friday... Not necessarily that's their last time on the stadium, but they chose to do that until they talk to me and figure it out. We know how much it benefited Arkansas in 2021 with the super seniors they have. I wonder how this season has impacted guys. Again, 18 total that have to make a decision. Their ability to potentially want to come back or push them into that next stage of life. Well, I think it depends on the player. Um, it depends on the position. It depends on your need. Um, I think there will be some who they will encourage very strongly to come back. Uh, there may be others where they feel like, all right, we've got to upgrade more than this player at this spot. So um, we may not be able to, you know, encourage him to come back the way we are some of the others. But I would imagine that there will be um, – I will imagine that there would be a good number. There will be. Um, a certain number of these guys who will come back next year. Now, you spoke to the four years of doing Sam Pittman live that every single player said, why'd you come to Arkansas? I came for coach. And I heard Tyrone Broden say that on Wednesday night. I heard Chris Paul say that. I would think if there would be a change that the possibility of guys coming back would improve, or excuse me, uh, go down in percentage-wise. Is that a fair assessment oh, on gosh, my part? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if look, if you have a coaching change, not just here but anywhere, 
uh, when you have a coaching change, it's a mass exodus. And it's even more so now with the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. So um, there's no question that if there is a coaching change, there are going to be guys who will not come back. But, you know, anytime you have a coaching change, too, the new guy's going to bring in players. Mm -hmm. So, you know, numerically, it it, it generally works itself out. And let's, you know, just be honest, a a fifth-year senior generally doesn't, always have the best options at the next level there's a reason they're a fifth year senior so usually the draft grade they're good college players but not necessarily the the draft grade of the nfl scouts uh, assessment you know stacks up depends on the position depends depends on the position but but in in you know generally speaking that's how it it it, it goes the idea well i think we focus on the stars i think we focus on the stars but i mean there's the the nfl's chock full of linemen who were fifth year seniors and um, so, yeah, I think I think there's some obviously that are fifth year seniors because, you know, there um, uh, some of them are out of options. But there are some positions though where where, where fifth year seniors are legit players. Sam didn't elaborate earlier this week the actual discussion that him and Hunter had. He talked about them speaking every week. I would guess that would be a selling point for him trying to again vouch for him coming back for another season is i think i can convince these guys to come back for another year I see i don't i don't think conversations go like that and 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 i hear what you're saying and 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 everything that you're saying is logical but these guys and it's this way i think with every athletic director and every coach when you have the conversation you know the conversation it's going to last about 10 or 15 seconds and that's going to be it you're going to shake hands and you're going to walk out of the room. There's no pleading your case. There's no saying, I can get all these guys to come back or I can do this or I can go get that. There's none of that. Um, I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, when a head coach gets fired, the meeting's over in less than a minute. Mm-hmm. Well, my, my thought is more of like Hunter being like, hey, yo, what's your plan? What do you, how do you plan to figure this out? Because I guarantee well, you that that not the not the firing aspect that you're talking about because that makes sense. I'm talking about them sitting down. It's like, hey, I believe in you. I think you get this figured out. But you need to show me how you're going to do that moving forward. Because everything I think you, you already know. I think when you are around someone and you work with them and you talk with them as I think Coach Pittman and Hunter do on a on a. I won't say daily basis, but pretty close. Um, I think you already know. I don't think it has to be verbalized. Um, I think you have put that plan together in concert. Um, I think you just have to decide Mm -hmm. if it's working. And Mm -hmm. most of the time it's evident or it's not. That's right. So if I I was, let's say um, there's a side of defending Sam, there's a a, a prosecutor attacking Sam. Is the biggest thing he has in his quarter right now the hiring of Travis Williams and how much the defense has improved? Obviously, the win-loss record is probably the biggest stack against him. Or am I missing something in the sense the biggest positive that he has in his corner right now? What do you guys think that is? I'm not going to be walked into a debate on whether or not we should keep Sam Pittman or not. I think that his body of work stands as his body of work. And Hunter, you're a check has got to decide if that body of work is worthy of coming back for another year. Um, We can debate this thing until we're blue in the face. We can have meaningless arguments about it. We can debate all kinds of issues that probably won't even come up when they have their 
conversation, as you say. So, I mean, I, I, I um, people have their opinions on this, and we're not going to change anybody's minds. Yeah. See, I think p- opinions have changed as the weeks progressed. Everybody was angry and swollen on Sunday and Monday, and a little less on Tuesday. And, and Chuck, by the, you know, you weren't with us yesterday, but the calls. I mean, you were with us yesterday, but not Wednesday. I think the calls over Wednesday and Thursday really started to to turn back the other way, and and as people's emotions came back to center. And you know, people like Sam; they want him to win. And you know, I don't think we took a call yesterday that wanted him gone. Um, so I think I think the mood has just come back a little more from angry to the center as the weeks progressed. Well, and you know it can go right back to angry if you don't yeah. play well Saturday. I, I right. mean that's just uh, look. There's there's there, there's human nature involved in this. Whether you're coach, player, fan, AD, whatever, human nature comes into play here. Oh. Let's you, talk. To, hey, hey well, I want, would you ask what Sam's biggest. Um, no, I didn't ask what is worse. I'm asking what the positive thing is. Here, here's what I think. It's stability. You know, this program has lacked stability for the better part of a decade long term. And, you you know, you haven't gotten to, to, to the fifth year with your last few coaches. So, you know, you need stability. And that's, I think, the number one thing Sam can provide is stability for the program. Um, and if you're looking at it from a business aspect for Hunter, it. You know, there's a lot of financial reasons why another year makes sense. Well, the uh, that isn't because Chuck was talking about on the podcast this week, and I didn't realize until he rattled him off. I was like, well, <laughs> Petrino was the I main four years. I mean, mm-hmm. 08, 09, right. 2010, 2011, motorcycle wreck, ditch. We know what happened. And then every year has been Bielma four years, more or less than that. John L. And I was just like, one, two, three. And I was like, yeah, dang, that's a, that's a good chunk. Houston, of course, lasted 10, but... That was the extent, and more. It's and Danny been, Ford was four before him. Yep. So there has been a, a lot of coaching yeah, I turnover. Mean, stability to me is the number one thing I'm selling. Uh, yeah. If, if I'm in that camp, let's talk to Jimmy, who's in Conway on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Jimmy, what's up this morning, man? Hey, good morning, fellas. Hey, hey I'm gonna throw some facts at you here. Uh oh. I got some facts for you. This team has given up 41 sacks in 10 games. Now, you look back at the last 20 years and find an offensive line that was worse than that. I just don't believe you're going to do it. I, I've looked back, and it's not not even close. That's a tax they've given up. And my question for you is, at this point, with no bowl game on the table, why doesn't he sit the seniors that he's not getting anything out of and play the – the younger guys, and get that experience where they will be better next year when they get some experience. And we're not just throwing them out there for the first time next year. Let them get some time in and get better, hmm. and let's build for the future. What well, is your response to that, that They basically had to do that with the starters. I mean, they've done that with the starting tackles, right and left. I mean, in a, in a, in a normal year, we'd be talking about getting these guys some playing time. I hear what you're saying, but those guys are already playing. I would say well, he's fighting for his job. Yeah, that's exactly Jimmy. what I was going to um, say. When you're fighting for your job, you put your best players on we, the field. We, we brought up the idea of maybe playing Jacoby Criswell, and Tommy made a good point. It's like you want to put your final two games potentially losing your job in the hands of a guy that hasn't started, to my knowledge, at the collegiate level, or if he has, it hadn't been favored maybe once or twice in, in Chapel Hill. That was a, and it kind yeah. of that made a lot of sense. I was like, oh, that that makes sense. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I, I want my best players on the field to give me best chance to win when, particularly my my job security's in question. And not only that, 
the conventional thought is this would be the end of his career. I mean, he would retire. He's going to retire from this job. That's not the way you want to go out. So, no, no I'm not putting the ending point to my legacy on the line they, on that. And, Jimmy, to that point, I would say that they're going to get more than two offensive linemen out of the portal. They've got one in Josh Braun, one out of the JUCO ranks. They're going to do more than that this year. couple of points on that. I, I, um, I hear what you're saying about Pittman. Um, but I also think if you're a head coach that plans on coming back, which is what you've got to do every day. You've got to come to work as though you're going to be the coach mm-hmm. until they tell you you're not. You better get Jacoby Criswell on the field these last couple of games because if you do survive this year, your butt's absolutely going to be on the line next year. Mm-hmm. No. Um, I think he's earned the right to play. I think he will play. Um, I think he's good. Well, I think he's good. And I think now, look, when I say I think he's going to play, I'm not saying you're down, you know, you're playing Missouri and you're down six and there's two minutes left in the game. Well, let's put Jacoby. I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I do think he's earned the right to play and I think he'll play some well, the in key both to, games. The key to that is to blow out Florida International so he can get him in the game. I don't know if he'll play against Missouri unless I you're I think getting... he'll play meaningful minutes in both games. I'd be surprised if that was the case against Missouri, unless you're getting well, smashed. Prepare to be point. surprised. We'll see. Well, <laughs> on the note, so you bring up Criswell, which is interesting because he was talking about KJ earlier this week. Before the season, we're like, all right, there's no chance he's coming back. He's going to test the NFL waters after this year. That's changed with how this season has gone. Here's what Coach had to say about KJ Jefferson and his future possibly at Arkansas. Yeah, he sure hasn't spoke about that either. You know, I think probably going into the season, we thought definitely this would be his last year, but I don't know where he stands right now. And and again, you know, the portal doesn't open up for a week after or eight days after our game or whatever it is. So we'll have plenty of time to sit down and talk about it. But used to the senior walk really meant something, and it does to the guys that definitely know. But I don't know that the guys that are out there walking are necessarily – not going to do it again next year, obviously, with the COVID plus one. There's a couple of things coming to mind for me. We're going to see him in the senior walk next Friday against Missouri. I would think that's probably going to happen. For the season, I was like, there's no chance he comes back. Now I'm less sure about that. I think what's ultimately going to happen is that he's going to end his season at Arkansas and enter the transfer portal for his final year of eligibility at college football. This is not an NFL quarterback. I don't think he's going to get much of a chance at that opportunity. I think KJ has done some great things in Fayetteville. I think it's going to be an amicable split here, and I think he's going to move on after this year. And probably the portal opens eight days after the Missouri game. I don't know if you'll see him enter his name right at that point, but I do think you'll see his name enter at some point after the Missouri game. I don't think guys of his nature... um, just make that decision, you know, as the season's over. They they all say that when when the cameras are on, mm-hmm. and the microphones are recording. But you know, those conversations, not just with quarterbacks, but with a lot of players, have already happened with guys they know at other schools, coaches that have recruited them, back channels. Um, I would imagine if if his thought was going elsewhere, that that process has probably at least began between his ears. That's an interesting thought. Uh, you know, I'm. I know that's a popular theory right now. What he's going to do, I I don't agree with that. I th- I think um, I think he'll go pro. Well, we'll see what happens. I'm curious to see what kind of feedback he gets from NFL scouts and other people. He'll talk to at the next level to see what he potentially has to improve on if he wants a shot 
at the next level. Let's talk to JR, who's in Shady Grove here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Morning, JR. Morning, guys. How are y'all? Good, man. I, I would challenge the point on, on stability because of how the games have been played this year. Uh, point being, you go to Florida and you play your guts out and you go into overtime and you win that game. And then you turn right around and you come to Fayetteville and the effort was, was not there. I mean, in my mind, whenever you do stuff like that, that, that tells me a lot of what's going on in the locker room and who knows what's going on in the locker room. But if the effort's not on there on the field, that means there's other stuff going on. And that, that, that is a shaky ground for the players, the coaches, for the coaching staff because the effort was not on the field because you finally won an SEC game in overtime on the road and everybody had their hopes up that this might be turning around and then all of a sudden go out there and you put on the field what you thought would be a, a competitive game and there was no effort at all hey, on hey, that field. Hey, JR, in 10 games this year, how many games do you think they play without effort? Probably a Mississippi State game, the Auburn game, and... Probably, probably those two. Yeah. I'd I'm, argue, I'm talking about as a whole. I'm talking about as a whole. Okay. Well, I, I'd argue in the Mississippi State game, defense played out of its mind, which they did. I mean, they were put in constantly bad situations, and they still only hold those guys to ten points. A and M game wouldn't the, argue the Auburn game at all. Yeah, but, you know, A and M game both or Auburn game both sides. No disagreement right. whatsoever. A and M game, you played good defensively. You did enough in the second half. Offense didn't help you worth the you know yeah. what. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I hear what you're saying. It's just you know to use Chuck's phrase, but this team, I would say nine out of ten times, has played with effort. That he's had his team playing hard. They've lost a lot of close games, and it wasn't because of lack of effort. So, I mean, I, I can't go as far as saying there's problems in the locker room because of what happened in the Auburn game. I think Sam Pittman has built the program back. Are they winning enough games? Well, no. We know that answer, but the stability and the foundation he's built, um, you know, is certainly ele elevated from where you have been in the last two coaching administrations, if you will. One thing I think that people do need to understand is that whether Sam Pittman is the coach next year or not, there are going to be wholesale changes in some position areas in terms of personnel. I mean, wholesale changes. They're going to hit the portal. They're going to rate it hard. Uh, and I think we, I mean, all you've got to do, if you've got two eyes and you've ever been out there, or you've ever even watched a game, you know what the issues are. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just think you have to understand that, you know, in the situation that they're in right now, um, there's going to be a major turnover on that roster if Sam Pittman remains as the head coach. And if he doesn't remain as the head coach, clearly there's going to be a major makeover in the roster. But I think particularly on the offensive side of the football, things are going to look a lot different next year than they do right now. So you mentioned the improving of position. He did get asked about that, was honest about the offensive line, and maybe alluded to a couple other things too. We've got to do something with the offensive line. And then you can look at each position we have, and, and you probably, in all honesty, could have a pretty good idea because you're familiar with the program and follow it. And you could probably have a pretty good idea of where we might go in the portal or in junior college to enhance our football team. So offensive line, again, open about that. 
I'm going to be honest. I think Andrew Armstrong is the only consistent wide receiver that can play on this football team in the Southeastern Conference. They've got to add some dudes there. Running back, they didn't add a single guy in the offseason in terms of the portal. With Rocket leaving, I would guess, after this year, I think they might add someone there. And again, the offensive line at this point. I'd be curious. I don't know if necessarily tied in based on what you have coming back. I know has and and Washington got injured. I would think that's pretty solidified this point maybe I'm wrong but I think those two positions the skill positions are kind of not offensive line worthy-esque but they're next on the I would say and maybe a quarterback too with KJ departs well as as I said a minute ago on that side of the ball anticipate wholesale changes Mm -hmm. I mean there's only so many mid-season or in-season changes you can make you change coordinators I mean if you think he's going to fire other coaches as the season goes on I mean that's just not that's not doing your players justice. That's not doing right by your players. So well, you got to get to the end of the year before changes can can really be significant changes can be made, right, Chuck? He's going to hire an offensive coordinator, and if it's not Kenny Guyton, and he comes in from the outside, reasonably speaking, he's probably going to want to bring a guy or two with him. I mean, you very seldom see a guy. I mean, you know, a good one. Mm-hmm. You know, you very seldom see that guy come in and at least not have an idea about who he'd like to have one or two guys on his offensive staff and sometimes philosophies don't mesh personalities don't mesh and guys move on down the road doesn't mean they're bad coaches it just means they move on down the road Mm -hmm. so um you know again if regardless of whether sam Pittman stays or goes i would say wholesale changes on that side of the ball thanksgiving dinner will be memorable this year at the historic arlington resort hotel and spa in hot springs thursday november 23rd from 11 a.m to 3 p.m in the venetian dining room you'll have a salad bar carving station hot buffet items and desserts featuring traditional and unique items over 12 dine for 58 dollars per person under 12 for 29 dollars and under six eat free reservations required must have credit card to hold reservations call 501 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Chuck, we haven't talked basketball with you just yet. Greensboro, UNC Greensboro tonight, 7 o'clock. UNC will be courtside starting at 6.30. Eric Mossman's only two wins away from reaching 100 wins here at Arkansas. This is the game that, unfortunately, Trevin Brazil tore his ACL in last year. 
I know he's probably really excited to to get back in action at these guys tonight. But I mean, with everything going on favor this weekend, I'm not going to say you have sixteen thousand, but you'll have a healthy crowd tonight. Oh, I think there'll be a lot of people there. Um, you know, people are. Uh, you've got to remember, I, I mean, it's it's not so much contingent upon anymore are people coming into town for the football game. You know, there's enough people to just go to the basketball game and go home and watch the game on TV tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people will do that. In other words, I, I think it helps certainly that you've got a football weekend, but I don't think it's going to crush the basketball crowd because the football team's not, not, not playing well right now. I think it'll be a good crowd. I also think that um, you know, this is an important game, not just in terms of do you win or do you lose, but everything's about to be ratcheted up Yep. next week, the physical play. Um, everything's going to change. You're about to play three much more legit teams in the Bahamas, and all you've got to do is say Duke, and it becomes a big game. Um, I think defensive intensity is lacked in the last two games. I think it's important that they have it tonight. I think they might be able to win the game without it, but I don't think they can do well the rest of this month without it. So I think it's important that you show all that tonight. There's got to be some physicality inside, too, beyond Makai Mitchell. Yep. You were talking about that with Coach Muss earlier this week on Eric Musselman Live. Here's what he said about the game tonight and that physicality you mentioned. They have the twin brothers in the backcourt. One is an all-league offensive player. The other one's defensive player of the year last year. So an all-league first-teamer, a defensive player of the year, and then their center's a preseason all-league player. So we have not played anybody that has two all-league players, let alone three. And then they have a guy that made four of six from three who I didn't even mention in Atwell. So four guys that are huge concerns. Then they have a backup power forward who's actually from the state of Arkansas and Tim Caesar. He played at Utah Valley last year and can stretch the defense out with his three-point shooting. So this is a good team. That's walking into Bud Walton Arena. They tonight. may be a tournament team. Yes. They may be one of those 13 or 14 seeds when we get to March. Very much so. And when you look at the non-conference schedule, again, you brought up Duke. We mentioned the Bahamas team. But uh, this is arguably the best non-conference schedule they play to this date when you combine the mid-majors. Last year, they played two ranked teams before conference play got going. Creighton, which was a great game, we know. We know what happened in the San Diego State game with Kamani Mitchell tied it up. But I'd argue in year five, this is the toughest non-conference slate that they played. And this year's team is equipped to do it because of how many minutes they have on the roster at this point. Well, they are. And, um, you know, as you're good and as you move an inch toward, you know, being in the top ten, you get these kinds of games. I mean, back in the 90s, played these games all the time. And uh, we're getting back to the point now where it's happening again. Is it too early to answer this question? I'll, I'll throw it out anyway to you, Chuck. Is this Muss's best team yet? You've seen them all. Well, I think there's a, there's a really good collection of talent there. To say they're the best team, I don't know that we can say that yet. I, I just don't think we have enough evidence to know. In terms of collection of bodies, collection of guys who can play, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I would say in terms of talent, no. I mean, you had Moses Moody and Jalen Williams both on that team three years ago. Yeah, three years ago. And last year, you could even debate with Anthony Black, who's going to start for the Orlando Magic, Jordan Walsh. I mean, you had three guys drafted, right? And then Ricky well, Council. I disagree with that. I think, I think, I think this guy, uh, I think this group with his experience, I mean, he's, well, you've got two guys that average 17 a game at other schools, and, I, and, and that's not even Tremont Mark. I, I think this team has more talent than last year's team, is what I'm saying. Th- there's a difference between talent and experience. Like, you, you could say college talent, 
But last year's team You're didn't... talking about potential. You're talking That's about pro- potential. Okay. Better you're word. Talking about. In terms of college talent, I would agree with you. But in terms of potential ceilings, yes. It was last year's teams or two I, years I'm ago. I'm concerned about what's happening here. But I hear what you're saying. So you, you brought up Makai Mitchell. And I said this this summer. He's the most important player on this roster. He's your dog down low. He's your beef. He's your dude. He's your tough guy. If you lose him, your front court is thin. You don't have that same defensive intensity on this team. And I wonder if you're going to see some... We saw Chandler Lawson basically stone a player of the year cannon, Zach Eady. I wonder if you're going to see whether it's Jalen Graham, Trent Brazil, who's been great at blocking, but at times is not the same force down low. If you'll see improvement from that front court defense like Musk was talking about this week. And if you'll see it starting tonight. Well, it's kind of what we were talking about earlier. I mean, that's I think I think one of the things that's important tonight is that physicality inside. Yeah, I mean that they've got to develop some players there, and you know, obviously, if you don't play defense and you don't rebound, you don't get minutes with Eric Musselman, and you know, he's got to find those guys. They've had ways of scoring. They got a lot of ways that they can score outside, mm-hmm. inside. The shooting's clearly better, but uh, he demands defense. He demands effort on the glass, and. Those are the things he values more. If you were going to label a concern on this team, it's not the scoring like you mentioned. It's not the level of basketball intellect, which the number of minutes that these guys have accumulated. They've already looked good passing the basketball a good chunk of these games. It's that front court depth. It's that aspect, which has it was not necessarily an issue last year and hasn't been a huge issue in years past. But if you were going to point out, not necessarily a weakness, but an area that you're like not unsure about yet, it's that area. Well, I think that's a that's a key area. I, I think it's way too early to say what the biggest concern is, but I think if you look back at what's ended the last three seasons, I mean, you think back to Baylor, and I know people focus on their guards, but gosh, that big guy inside, I mean, he ruled the night. And uh, you look at uh, now the the big guy that 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 looked like a tackle. Thamba was the big, tall, thin guy. The other guy that looked like a tackle. But, um, uh, you know, and then you look at what happened against Duke, you know, when they lost against them. I mean, they were out physical at Mm -hmm. the rim. And so I think that's always an issue. Maybe not necessarily as much now, maybe not even as much in conference. But when you get down to the, you know, when you get down to the end, you know, the difference between getting to the Elite Eight and the Final Four um, you've got to have those guys inside. They got to be there. Yeah, and, and to your point about Baylor, I, I think Baylor beats you with their guard play. I mean, yeah, Davion Mitchell is the best well, defender in college basketball uh, that whatever. year. Whatever. Uh, well, no, 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 whatever. But, but, but what the what I'm point saying, is, is you better be physical. What I'm inside. saying is, they had three of the best guards in college, but the best trio in college basketball this year. What I'm saying is that your team could maybe potentially again be so much better in that area with Ellis, Mark, and Battle having that trio. That it outdoes him. We Arkansas is one of the better bench teams in college basketball right now. Battle is a, a starter that's coming off the bench. Bailey, he's got the number one three point percentage in the Southeastern Conference. This is going to be a team, unlike the last four that you've had under Musk, that can actually. I say last four. That Moses Jalen team was really good offensively, but that their strength is going to be more offense than defense at times. And I wonder with so many so many different statistics pointed out in the NCAA tournament that you have to be at this threshold to make the Final Four if this offense is going to help lead that and they their defense comes along postseason-wise to be at that point. Well, how many games have we played? A whole three. <laughs> okay. Five if you count the exhibition right. games. 
Let's talk again in two months. Okay. Well, uh, the- I, I mean, no, look, I hear everything that you're saying, and 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 none of what you're saying is necessarily wrong. I, I, I just think that I, I don't think we can get that far into the weeds yet. Yeah. I just don't think we know. But I think what we but do there's know. There's a lot of potential there now. Yeah, but one thing we do know is that most Final Four teams have a strong, a really strong four and a half or a good five. You better have someone inside that can can patrol the paint and clean the glass. And that's, you know, generally teams don't make the Final Four without that element to their That's why Makai is the most important player on this roster, and it's not close. Because that well, has been the I wouldn't consistent. go that far, but he's an important player. If they lose Makai Mitchell at any point this season, that will, I'm not going to say derail, that would be the most devastating loss of any player on this team. Is Makai you're Mitchell. talking about depth. Because yes. of depth. Because it of would depth. be a devastating loss, I agree. But I'm not going to go so far as to say he's the most important player on the team and it's not close. I'm, I'm not going to go that far. Okay, well, I will. Because they don't have anyone okay. that scares you in terms of a toughness factor like Makai, that's a big guy. Now, I think a lot of uh, Devo brings again an element of that, but he's not a big guy. You don't have, I mean, Trevin doesn't, I know Trevin's athletic. He doesn't scare you in terms of his defense. I know he's got the blocks, but, and then you look at Chandler Lawson, who's underside. Jalen Graham is not the same defensively. That is the lone guy on defense and in the paint that you're like, I don't want to mess with that guy. Oh, Mikel was here last year. You, you don't have that. to convince me he's, he's important. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, when you look at the depth that is there, but you know one thing you don't have to worry about rebounding if you just make shots. So just go, yeah. <laughs> just go, go put the shots. ball in the hole well, making, and you ain't got to worry about it. They're making a good chunk <laughs> of them right now. As long as those three guards, Mark, yeah. Ellis, and uh, Battle keep shooting like that, this yeah. can be a tough basketball team to beat. Chuck, I wanted your take on the Oakland A's moving to Las Vegas, which Rob Manfred had this huh. to say about it yesterday. I know. I know this is a terrible day for fans in Oakland. I understand that, and that's why we've always had a policy of doing everything humanly possible to avoid a relocation, and I truly believe we did that in this case. I think it's beyond debate that the status quo in Oakland was untenable. Those of you who have been in the building understand what I'm talking about. And I absolutely am convinced that there was not a viable path forward in Oakland. I know you got some thoughts on this move, Chuck. Well, I really don't, but, you know, I pre- I mean, I, I haven't really thought about it, to be honest with you. I, I just think it's... <clears throat> They want to get into Vegas. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to get into Vegas now. It was taboo for a while in professional sports. And um, for the longest time, the only sports team people in Las Vegas that were from there had to root for was UNLV. Mm-hmm. That was it. Run rubs. And um, the pro franchises want to get in there. I don't know enough about Oakland's situation to say whether it's good or bad. I, 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 just, I just don't know. Um Vegas wants them. They want to take advantage of that. They couldn't get the stadium deal they wanted there. My only experience following the A's, very honestly, was, you know, as a kid when they were good and um, driving by that Coliseum out there, and it is out in the middle of nowhere. Um, It's out in the middle of an industrial park, and um, it is an eyesore. And, gosh, you wonder what you'd find underneath the earth if you started digging out there. I mean, it's got that kind of look to it. You know, it all changed when states started to legalize sports wagering in their states and in their casinos and Native American casinos. And 
you used to have to go to Vegas to bet on sports. Yeah. Now, now, or, or Atlantic City, but you know, now it's commonplace. Mm-hmm. But in the in the in the in the case of relocation with professional sports teams, it generally boils down to who's going to pay for the new stadium. Well, you bring. The, is there going to be public money or is there going to be private money? And what's the percentage going to be? So it's a one point five billion dollar facility uh, on the the Vegas Strip in twenty twenty eight. Three hundred eighty million of that is from public financing. The Nevada's yeah. legislator and governor oh, approved fourth. that. So that's a good. They're going to initiate. Pardon me. The, the 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 thing that comes into play a lot of times is that if you have to put these things to public votes, they never pass. If you can get them through with legislatures and governors signing bills, you can get these teams there. But if it goes to a public vote. It's never going to pass. Public doesn't want to pay for a new stadium because only about 40,000 people a night go. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So if you're still in the market for tickets tomorrow night or next Friday against Missouri, I'm going to help you out. You can buy these tomorrow night for 20 bucks. Next Friday against Missouri for 40 bucks. Just use the promo Go Hogs if you want to use that to this point. This is a take on Florida International tomorrow night at 630 and then next week Missouri at 3 o'clock. Tommy, we've talked about that time change a little bit. Used that game being at one thirty, but they've mixed it up a little bit this year. Yeah, and uh, a little bit later start lets them have a doubleheader on TV. And I think probably for people that want to get out, and I don't know how many people still go out and shop on Black Friday, but it frees up your morning a little bit. Some still have to work. So I kind of like the 3 o'clock start versus uh, the one thirty. Mm-hmm. We'll have Arkansas game day, that a pseudo-Arkansas game day morning rush beginning at 8 a.m. that day. So we will be on the air at that point. Chuck, you'll be on there tonight with Z starting at 6.30 for the Courtside Show. UNC Greensboro at 7. As we were talking about earlier, this is a good basketball team that's walking into Bud Walton tonight. Yeah, I think it ought to be a good game. I know Muss is looking for more defense out of the Razorbacks. Coaches are always looking for more defense. They don't ever say, man, we got to we gotta score more and play less defense. No. Um, you know, so he's looking for that tonight. And Again, I think it's an important game, given what you've got coming up. I know you were busting him up a little bit Tuesday night, and they were joking with him after the game. It sounded like, based on some of his comments, they lost by 20 last week. But, again, he's just a a coach, man. That's how they are. Uh, Soccer teams in action. Colby Hill squad takes on Pittsburgh tonight at 630 at Razorback Field. Winner plays Memphis or Notre Dame in this Fayetteville Regional. Arkansas volleyball in action. Coach Jason Watson squad. They'll take on Florida this Sunday at 3 o'clock. And then Mike Neighbors' group of ladies will take on Arizona, or excuse me, Arkansas State and Jonesboro tonight 
at 7 on ESPN. Man, there's a Plus. lot going on. There mm-hmm. is, man. It's that, it's that time of year. It's November. They're uh, doing Lights of the Ozarks tonight, too. Oh. They're doing that, I think, in Fayetteville. So it's uh, going to be a lot of traffic tonight. Are you going to throw the switch over there at Town Square? No, no. Mm-hmm. I'll be at the arena. Otherwise, of course, I would. But, uh, you know. Man of we need you out there with a top hat on, yeah, you know, get yeah, your tuxedo, yeah. the, whole yeah, thing, the whole bit. Yeah. I can see you chucking a Santa outfit or rain, reindeer suit. I think we can make that happen. Right. Well, there's a difference between top hat and tails in a Santa Claus yeah. suit. It just seems suit. like t- a top hat and tails kind of deal if you're going to be the one to throw the switch. So. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That's going to do it for your hog update this morning. It is brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888 Sparky. All right, we got some... Uh, I'm used to saying like great games this weekend, but Tommy, as you <laughs> pointed out, we really don't. Game in Knoxville, I'm hoping, will be good between... Tennessee and Georgia, but this is again the week before rivalry. A lot of cupcakes on the schedule. Would you say seven of them, Tommy? Is that this right? This is a seven layer cake. Uh, it's not a cupcake. No, yeah. whatever. Same thing. Yeah. So we do have our Fence Man Friday picks. We're going to pick some of the better games of the weekend as we welcome in our friend Sean from the Fence Man. Sean, how are you doing this morning, man? Man, I'm doing great. Loving this weather. We're getting it done. Can't ask for anything better. We are less than a week from the greatest eating holiday of the calendar year, too. That's the way to look at it. Yeah. What are y'all doing? Are y'all doing turkey and ham, turkey only? What sides are we doing? Since we uh, yeah, lost? everybody's different. Every, you know, someone's going to bring some ribs because not everybody likes turkey. Okay. But, but yeah, we'll do turkey and ham. And you man, know, everybody argues on about the turkey. Are you going to bake it? Are you going to smoke it? Or are you going to fry it? You know, I if you've never fried a turkey, I'm a fried turkey guy. I think that's, that's amazing. Good. It's hard to beat. All right, without further ado, let's go and get into it. Our Fence Man Friday Picks. Fence Man Friday Picks. Call the Fence Man for all kinds of fences, controlled access, and custom iron projects. 479-782-3936. The Fence Man. We ain't afraid of no work. Michael in Cave Springs also brings up that Razorback hockey is in action. I want to go to the Jones Center at some point and watch those guys play. I will be watching this Tennessee-Georgia game where the Vols are 10.5-point underdogs at home, guys. I'm going to take Tennessee in this one. I don't feel as confident as I did in the offseason that they were going to win. Joe Millen's just not Hendon Hooker. He's not the same caliber of quarterback, but I do think they cover tomorrow night, Tommy. It's going to be a 10.5-point spread where Georgia is a 10.5-point favorite. Did you see Georgia last week? What? Just shrugging my shoulders. They're at home. I'm just hoping they uh, have a lapse this week. They're set for the SEC championship, but I guess they have to win out for in order to make the college football playoff at this point. I don't, I don't know if they necessarily can lose against Bama and make the playoff. Well, give me Uga over Old Smokey. Chuck, where are you going on this one? I'm going to have to go with Georgia, too. I'd, I'd, I'd like to take Tennessee in the points, but I, I, just, I just can't do it. Even though I'm a Tennessee Vol fan, I'm oh, afraid. Going Georgia. I, I'm going Georgia. <laughs> yeah. I, oh man! I mean, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not plum dumb. Yeah. Florida is going to Missouri. So who took Tennessee? I did. Okay. I'll, I'll stay on an island. This Sean answered the question. That's fine. Uh, Florida's going to Missouri. Going to Columbia. Eli Drinkwitz, I think, is the coach of the year in the SEC, and I think they get it done tonight by 11 or more points. Tommy, I'm taking Missouri. Missouri's laying 11. Is that what you said? Ten and a half. Ten and a half. Um, yeah, give me Missouri. Chuck, you going Tigers? You going Gators? I think Missouri wins. Florida covers. Florida right. covers. All right. 
What do you think, Sean? I'm, I'm, I think Florida covers. Florida yep. covers. Yep. All right. Well, we'll see if Graham Mertz has a good game in Columbia <clears throat> tomorrow. All right. Arkansas and Florida International, as of this morning, the Razorbacks are 29 and a half point favorites on the Bet Saracen app. Tommy, do they cover tomorrow at 630 against Florida International? Close. <laughs> <laughs> Arkansas wins like by 27. 27. Yeah. So they don't cover. Yeah. I mean, till, till proven otherwise, I don't know if the offense can score. You know, much more than 30-some-odd points. And I hope I'm dead wrong on this, but I think Arkansas wins this game like 32, 35-7, something like that. Okay. Comfortable win, but doesn't cover. They're going to win tomorrow, but like you said, there's nothing this season that's given you evidence to bet your mortgage that they're going to cover in this football game. Sean, they win, but they do not cover tomorrow. I'm with you guys. They win, but not cover. You're not going to bet your company it's worth on <laughs> no, Arkansas. No, cover no, no, no. Probably I'm, smart, man. Man, I was so excited about last week, so I'm my confidence is a little hurt right now. Okay. Chuck, I thought about giving you a tight game this weekend, but I'm going to be nice. We're going to go to Oxford. Well, you get, well I mean, you got to give something that's like comparable to a 30-point yeah. spread. Yeah, I know. I was thought about being mean, but... There's, a, there's plenty right. to choose from in the SEC. I was going to say, we got a lot of them yeah. out there. The holidays are coming up, so I'm in the, the yeah. giving. Hey, what's the line on New Mexico State and Auburn? Can I pick that game? I was going to give you Monroe Ole Miss because it's like 36, but I do not I do not know that off the top of my head. I can figure it out real quick. Uh, while we're doing that, Ole Miss is a 36.5-point favorite, Chuck, at home. Ole Miss will cover. Ole Miss covers in that one? Yeah. yeah they got a case half. of the Reds after last week. Yeah, it's the Ole Auburn. Miss covers. Auburn, Chuck, is a 24.5-point favorite at home against New Mexico State. I take, Mississippi, or I take New Mexico State in the points. How about that? Do I get extra points if I pick both of them? Sure. You know I, a little something? If, if if Ole Miss covers and New Mexico State covers, do I get extra points? The Chuck Parlay. That's what we'll yeah, call it. Yeah. yeah. That's my two-team. Can you have a two-team parlay? Yeah. Might as well. Yeah. It's on the That's what I'm going with. The daily That's double. That's what I'm going daily with. Daily double. We're yep. almost a racing season. It's the daily <laughs> double. So, New uh, Mexico State. The Aggies. And Ole Miss. The Aggies. My, uh, that's my two-team parlay. Right. Well, now you got people betting in mad if you lose, Chuck. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you can get all those. Bet at your own risk, people. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. So I didn't realize the number was 18. Not the number of high school commits you currently have in this upcoming class. That's the number of COVID guys that could come back for another super or super, super senior season, depending on if they redshirted or not. Super duper senior. I think that's the uh, actual phrase. Super duper senior. The official super duper. Which I thought after... This past season it was done, but evidently, guys, it's still a it's well, still we've a thing. We talked about it all year that you know KJ could come back, some of these other guys could come back. So, I mean, 
I, you know, if I'm Sam Pippen and the staff, you hand select the ones you think can can help you. If you don't think there's an upgrade, you you go with the best guy you can get. So here's what he did say about guys potentially coming back. Not necessarily been a giant discussion just yet. I think we'll have a high number of those guys. I think the way the season's been, obviously everybody's disappointed. And of course, we have two the games. The season's not over. We have two very important games. But I think with how it's gone, I think the team. For the most part, I think the kids want to be here and, and they don't want to leave out. I think on, you know, we had had some success and I, I think they want to go back and prove that we can have it again. And so I, I think a, lot, a high majority of those guys could come back. We've all heard the phrase, end on a high note, end on a make. That's not what this season has been. And I know it's individually a different case for each person, depending on what next facet of life they're trying to live into. But I would think a lot of these guys would want to not necessarily want revenge on what happened this year, but kind of right the wrongs of this season to a certain extent. That may be part of it. I think also, too, it's a pretty good life. It's a pretty good life. They ought to keep doing it as long as they can, (laughs) Mm -hmm, would be my advice. Um, They're getting paid. They're going to school for free. They don't have any living expenses. Pretty good gig if you can get it. And let me tell you. I think a lot of them, if they can. Now, look, what Tommy said a minute ago was right. You go through the guys, you make a determination on whether or not they think that you, that, you, that you can help them. And, I mean, this is the cold part of it. If they can help you, you invite them back. If you feel like you need to upgrade, you don't. And uh, some of these guys, look, here's the thing. Most of them already know. Most of them already know, I'm sure, what their what their plans are, at least have a pretty good idea. And you get some of these guys that – they're 22, they're 23 years old, their bodies maybe beat up, you know, at this point. They, some have gotten married, ready to start a family. Some realize that, hey, my future isn't going to be in the NFL. This is the end of the road. And they go out on their own terms, but they're ready to start the next phase of their life. They're ready to get started, you know, using that degree that they've obtained. So sometimes these guys just make a life decision rather than a football decision. Well, and I think sometimes, too, in fact, most of the time, we have to remember that, you know, as the old saying goes, they're not going pro in sports. Yeah. And let's say you're a player on a college football team and you're graduating from college with a business degree or a banking degree and you've got a job offer that's going to pay you eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 a year. Now, that's a nice starting salary, mm-hmm. but let's say that happens. You're getting four or five grand as a college football player. I'd say, you know, that's a nice deal. But, um, you know, some of those guys are going to move on and start their lives. And you see it every year in all the sports. And I know it varies depending on the degree you're in. And some guys will try and get graduate degrees. Some guys will try and get another major. But a good chunk of us have been around the block senior year. I had six hours my senior year. There, there, we say class. There's no class. I mean, it, it, it is about as least academically challenging in your final years at Arkansas as it gets in certain and again there's certain cases where that's not the case but they're basically free but that's not what they'll base their decisions on that's not no, what the, the money the money I has mean, you may be right I don't know but 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 they're not going to base their decision on whether they come back on how many hours they got to take or whether or not they go to you know have to go to class. the money aspect is big but it used to be well the guys have to keep going to school and stuff keep doing this like a lot of cases well that's not a that's not a factor at all when players retire at the pro level or they choose not to play, they don't quit playing. They don't quit because they don't like playing the games. They quit 
uh, doing what they're doing because they don't like the practices, the meetings, the yeah. accountability. All, or you know, sometimes we, it's just time for the next stage yeah. of your life. I mean, but mm-hmm. we, we, we think it's all just, man, what about the glory of running through that, that A on Saturday? Well, there's a lot of work that goes into yeah. doing that. A lot of year-round stuff and a lot of accountability. Well, as far-fetched as, you know, we put a lot of importance on the Razorbacks, but for all these kids, if this is the highlight of their life, I feel bad for them. It shouldn't be the highlight of their life. It should be something that builds to the rest of their lives. I'm not saying it's not your shining moment and you don't look back and say those are the best days of my life because they are. But the idea of all this is for you to build a life because these guys leave at 22 years old. Mm-hmm. And that means they got the overwhelming yeah. majority of their life left. Kevin Scanlon, who um, works for Stevens Incorporated, been there a long time, was, you know, Razorback great here. We all know that. Um, he, he said something to me once in, in, when talking to these guys. And, and he talked because obviously he's had a lot of business success. Yeah. And the way he puts it is, hey, do you want to be known as a Razorback who became a real estate guy? Or do you want to be a real estate guy who used to be a Razorback? Stop and think about that for a minute. What you know? What do you really want your life to be defined by? Something you did for a three or four years, five year span, or something you do for thirty or forty year span? And yeah, I think a lot of it's when you stop and you mature and you get past the point. Hey, do you want to be the radio guy that used to be a Razorback or a Razorback that's now doing radio? So I mean, well, I can I can tell you, Fayetteville is littered with men and women who competed for the Razorbacks. And you may or may not find out about that mm-hmm. when you meet them. You may or may not find out about it until somewhere down the road. And the point is, there is life after all of this. And, um, you know, theoretically, these are perhaps the best days of your life, but you got a whole lot of life left. And, 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 and you want to do more than just say, hey, man, I played college football when I was 19. Yeah. You know, you don't want that to be your opening line when you're 45, Todd. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be Al Bundy. You don't want to be Al Bundy talking That's about your exactly four touchdowns. Right. You don't want to be showing all the pictures of your time at Polk High and yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> Not that, that still wearing the Letterman jacket all those years yeah, later. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. That's right. I mean, Tommy, your teammate Sparky Hamilton would be another mm-hmm. great case of that. He's having success in the Walmart home office. There's many. Yes, uh, I've got friends. Gino Bell, yeah. Glenn Grovey. I know a bunch of them, and yeah. I'm just getting started. Yeah. The overwhelming majority of these guys become worthwhile citizens, and the majority of them, or at least a good number of them, achieve at a very very high level when they leave here you know what i have a theory as to why because they they obtained and and, and crafted the discipline it takes as an athlete to carry that forward into the discipline it takes to work at a high level in in some of these fortune 500 companies or whatever walk of life they're in there's a lot of discipline in the real world and i think they learn those skills as as student well, athletes you got to be a great teammate in life man yeah, that's, that's right that's where you learn it. Um, so uh, and on that note, uh, I do wonder, again, not just the 18 guys coming back, but the guys that could potentially enter the transfer portal this season. And he also, Sam Pittman also touched on that. He had 30-plus departure. I think it was 31 last year. 32, excuse me. And a couple of those were offensive linemen. I don't know if Marcus Henderson and uh, what was he, Jalen St. John were going to play. But he did do lose two offensive linemen that had been around a little bit. So what does that look like this year? When the portal opens in December, 
how many guys you're going to lose. Coach Pittman doesn't think it's going to be as many as there were last year. Man, even when I was buckling you up, I wasn't ready for that express train. I knew there was going to be a lot. I don't see anything like a year ago, but if it is, we'll adjust. But I don't see anything like that. Uh, The first thing we're going to try to do is look at the plus ones that, you know, obviously can help the team and things of that nature and talk to them and see if we can get that going. But there's always that one or two guys where you're going, man, I didn't see that coming. But otherwise, I think we pretty much know at this point in time in a season, you can kind of tell by mannerisms and things of that nature who may go in the portal and who may not. But there'll be a surprise, I'm sure, like every squad has. So we kind of mentioned the guys that will come back. It's not just a a decision they make last second. It's kind of a preconceived notion they've probably been thinking about for a while. And we also said this earlier, the guys that do depart, it's not just a split second, you know what, I'm going to hit the portal. They've probably been thinking about this a while. Well, unless it's unless it's an NIL situation, okay. uh, you could you could have something like that happen. I I I think where uh, um, you know I do believe that rosters are rated, and I think that that happens every day in college football. So I think a lot of times maybe when you have a surprise like that at the end, um, some. In fact, a lot of times I would suspect NIL has a lot to do with it. And to that point, I know people were disappointed to see Greg Brooks, who I hope I haven't seen an update on him. I hope he's doing okay. And Joe Fouché, them going back to Louisiana. That was more about them being Louisiana kids. But I have been surprised that Arkansas seemingly hasn't had like a high caliber player, quote unquote, poached yet. And there doesn't seem to be any repercussions. I've heard coaches allude to it and angry about it. Pat well, Narduzzi. Jalen Catalan was a pretty prime player. Yeah, and maybe I would say that was one, but you just wondered about his injury, his durability, and even if he was going to be on the field at this point. But like, Pat, but, he, but he was poached is the point. Okay, see, well, that again, do we know that? Do we have evidence of that? Well, I got a pretty good evidence. idea. Yeah. I got a pretty good idea. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's okay. One example there, but there doesn't seem to be any repercussions. Let's say that happened. Let's say. Sark. You're right about that. You're right about that. Pittman addressed that in media days. I don't know if he's done that in the season, but there is, I mean, there's tamper. There's fines. There's a lot of stuff in the National Football League. College, though, the NCAA seems, I know they got Baker now who's taking over for Emmert, but there doesn't seem to be, like, why would you not try and do that in this situation? Because we went ready, fire, you know, we went ready, fire, aim on all of this stuff. Because there are no rules. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we fired the gun on NIL and transfer portal with no guardrails. Mm-hmm. And now we're trying to figure out how you get the toothpaste back in the tube, and it's impossible. No, I mean, it's uh, poaching's part of it. I mean, they uh, they can threaten all they want. But, you know, <laughs> I guarantee if I was a coach right now and I had a kid that I knew other schools were trying to poach from me, <laughs> I'd say, man, you don't need to go through the handshake line. Um <laughs> You know, you don't need to get that nudge, nudge, wink, wink right there. Um, hey, that stuff goes on every day. Don't think it doesn't. Do you remember how terrified Arkansas fans were when editors were on, had a conversation with Traylon Burks after the LSU game a couple years ago in 2020? You thought he was gone. You're like, oh, my gosh, he's going to leave. He's going to leave us. Now, again, nothing, hey, I didn't think that, nothing happened. I mean, but I know it, some fans it was a prevalent oh. topic on this show that well, we had several texts, several calls. He's gone. 
He's leaving us. No, it didn't. Again, it didn't happen. But that is, again, kind of like with this coaching thing with Jim Harbaugh and the superstition, and not superstition, the, the scaredness and how already coaches are wired that way. Now, from this aspect as well, that is a that is honestly something that yeah. has probably been said to certain players. You think, you think Burks understood one word he said? Yeah, yeah, probably, probably not, <laughs> honestly. I mean, he probably doesn't know what he said point. to him. We, I don't. I don't. I don't think if you're trying to poach a guy from another team, I don't. I don't know that you do it quite that blatantly, but maybe you do. But I don't know. Why wouldn't you? Because what's the punishment going to be? I mean, they they levy the three game punishment for Harbaugh for the supposed evidence that they've had and gone through and stuff. Michigan accepted that. Harbaugh accepted that. He can still coach in the Big Ten championship game, the college football playoff, that they make it to that point. But I haven't seen again under the impression that Jalen was poached from here and ended up in Austin, Texas. Have you guys seen anything well, going that, against Texas well, listen, and Sark? No. Those kind of things aren't public. We don't know about NIL. Well, I mean, no. I, I mean, those... I mean uh, Ty, there's there's there, uh, there's guys you lose in recruiting every day because you got outbid. But, and there's guys you lose from your roster every year. But that's not illegal to do it. That's not illegal to do in the recruiting cycle nowadays. It's illegal to do it from the poaching standpoint. Well, but 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 you know, I don't know how you can keep someone from saying, "Hey, if you'll come here, this is, you know, if look, Mike or Bill or whatever your name is, if you want to transfer." Now, I can't poach you. I can't poach you. But if you are considering coming to our university and you'd like to play for us, this is the NIL deal that, you know, you might have an opportunity to enjoy. I, I don't know what you're getting at the other place. You know, and of wink, course, wink. you know, yeah. Because <laughs> they mean, know exactly uh, what um, you're getting at the other place. Of course place. they do. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so the idea that this doesn't go on, and you're right, there's, there, there is no mechanism in place to punish people. Yeah. There is no mechanism in place. So this is where I wanted to end up this morning. And Justin texted in, what if KJ ends up at LSU on the McCarty-Daniel hotline? I don't think KJ Jefferson is going to be on campus in Fayetteville next year. I would rather see him go to Fort Worth and reunite against Kendall Bryles because I don't want to see him in the NSCC uniform next year. But how are Arkansas fans potentially going to feel if he does transfer out, if I'm right, and ends up in an SEC school and comes back to play you? like Justin thinks he's going to do for LSU, who's losing Jaden Daniels, a potential Heisman Trophy. That went Y'all are really year. getting out there on that plank right See, I don't, now I don't think so. Supposing. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think, that, I, think, I think you're applying an old mentality to it. I think you've got to understand the modern era of NIL, and I don't think LSU is going to spend that kind of money on a quarterback that's a 60-year guy. I just don't see a school like yeah. that doing that. I, 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 I think that's far-fetched. What is KJ's leverage? Yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's, it's, there's. It's like there's, the baseball deal when, when, yeah. when you don't come back for your senior year because you have no leverage mm-hmm. with the MLB draft. Well, that's why, like, so J- the same thing here. I mean, what leverage do you have if you're KJ ja- coming back, Jackson Dark? Why would, why would a school, why would a school come to KJ right now and say we'll offer you more than you're getting at Arkansas? Why would they do that? Because there's been prior games to this year. That has shown evidence that he's a capable college quarterback that can win in this league. I, I think you are applying an old mindset that is a pre NIL era mindset. This is about budgeting your NIL money, and you are not going to. You're. you're I, I. I just don't see it happening. I may be wrong, but I would be shocked if a school like LSU. Uh, went that deep into the well for a guy that's twenty. That'll be twenty three years old by the time he plays. I think well, whatever whatever Arkansas is paying him, and you hear a lot of numbers. It won't be as much next year. Well, 
to that point, you mentioned his age. Y'all, Hinton Hooker was like 24 when he was quarterback yeah. of the balls. He was unbelievable. The, yeah. the, the, the old, this, this, you mentioned the philosophy. Is he playing in the NFL? I mean, I don't know. I'm asking. No, I think he's on a roster. But I, this is college, right? Well, I mean, you think? or or My point is, if your objective is to play football beyond college, I don't know if staying in college until you're 24, 25 is a way to go. That's valid. Can't push back Only on so that so many at all. years. Yeah. But, again, a lot of guys have dreams of playing the NFL. A lot of aspirations aren't met. Like we've talked about, sometimes the best route for a young yeah. man to keep playing football is to stay in school. Could he give that's a where home- I think KJ's best route is if he wants to keep playing football. Yeah. Would he give a hometown discount? We don't know what the future is at Mississippi State. I don't know if he'd fit at Oxford, but, you know. Dark's coming go- back. Going back home is always um, always a, a an idea players have. I think we're getting off into the weeds there, but I know it's a popular theory. I know it's a popular theory that he won't be back, but I, I, or that he'll play for somebody else, I guess is what I should say. I don't know if he'll be back, but I, I don't know if I see him transferring out. We'll just kind of see how it plays out, I guess. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.